We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the College Football Fantasy Podcast presented by Rotoviz. I am your host, Dave Bonlico, joined as always by Wispy the Kid. Matt, how the hell are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? Good. I'm good, man. Well, we had such a rough week. We both had losing weeks for the very first time uh, this season, so I thought we need to switch things up. We need some help. I brought in our good friend Colby Dant at the Colby D. Uh, you can find him on Twitter there. You can also find all his work on the Sports Gambling Podcast and the College Football and or Basketball Experience. Colby, it is so good to have you on the show. How are you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great. Always great talking this time of year. You know, it's the other months of the of the year. You know, get me into you know April or or May that are tough. This is this is a, this is fun. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, man, it's uh, it, it's good having you here. Uh, I've been listening to y'all's stuff over over there for a while, and uh, we were talking right before the show. Um, you, you y'all were the ones who got me kind of hooked on that uh, fade UMass each and every week because you're going to make money most most weeks. It's a it's a good strategy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we're still hanging on to it. For a minute there, we had I feel like U- UMass and UConn hitting, but I think Jim Morris gave some life to uh, Jim Morris Jr. to uh, to U to UConn. So UMass still doing solid, still doing solid, and obviously it was such a cash cow over the years with Watt Bell. So uh, I appreciate uh, knowing that uh, you know I won you some bucks. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it's how we get all this great podcasting gear. Um, no, seriously though, we need to jump into what happened last week because. Um, that was one of the best football Saturdays I can remember in in years. Like it was up there. I'm an old guy, so this is like a reference from way back when. But it reminded me of like the Quinn Brady Notre Dame um, USC game with uh, the Matt Liner Reggie. But like it was that epic of a day. Just the Alabama Tennessee USC Utah. It was just a, a day for the ages. Colby, uh, how shocked were you? I know I knew you you liked. Um, Tennessee at the plus seven and a half, but once uh, news of Bryce came in, you you kind of flipped the switch there. How how surprised were you that uh, Tennessee was able to 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 finish this when that Dallas Turner scoop and score took place? I was like, yeah, game over, Alabama. Here we go again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I was uh you know obviously I was rooting still for Tennessee even though I had a wager. Uh, there's certain things that you know as a huge fan of college football throughout my whole life. You got so many wagers going on. I'm like, I, I can afford to lose that when I, d- I did place a heavy wager when I found out Bryce Young was playing. 
uh, on Bama. So I, you know, I, I lost money on that, but I, I'll gladly lose money on, uh, you know, Alabama losing. Not that I hate Alabama. It's just, I just change the scenery, change, change <laughs> the scenery, you know? Uh, I mean, I, I, I uh, that game was fantastic. I think the uh, shout out to the, the people that took the goalpost to the Tennessee yes. River. You know, I mean, how great is that? And uh, I mean, a uh, bit surprised that Bama missed the kick. Normally, Saban special teams are normally pretty pretty darn good. And uh, obviously, when that when that fumble happened, I, I thought the game was over. I thought yeah. I was like, you can't I mean, get the down to. to but Bama. can we talk about how badly Nick Saban's ran a game plan to set up that field goal? Like they were on the far right hash mark on like the fringe, like it was within field goal range, but it was still a 50 yard kick. You'd think they still had timeouts in the bag. They still had a ways to manage the clock and they didn't try and shift the ball over once to get them an easier setup for that. I was sitting there because at this point I was, I started rooting for Alabama because I don't want to play Tennessee in the, I don't want to see them as an Ohio state fan. They're kind of scary. Um, <laughs> um, so I, I was sitting there like almost rooting for Alabama, just thinking, why won't you run the ball once to make your kicker's job just a little bit easier in an already tough situation. And then he pushes it to the right. And I'm just like, huh, maybe it would have been nice if he could have had like five extra yards to work with. Um, so I, it was, that was, it was an amazing game. E- easily the game of the year so far. That was kind of, to me, it was, kind of like Texas, Oklahoma last year, just an amazing game. By the end of it, I didn't care who won. It was just fun. Um, I, I'd i been tweeting out probably three or four times I thought Bama was going to cover minus nine. Um, that That's the type of spot that Saban hasn't lost. But, man, like the way the, the fumble on the punt, like that's oh, not something that to say. That's not something his team does. He never makes that kind of mistake. And it was just really boneheaded and not not Alabama-like. But they, they haven't really looked apart all year. No. And and I, I think some of it, you know, maybe it's just uh, – I, I, I think the depth maybe could be a thing with all the transfer portal. You know, uh, I, I, I don't know. But something all year, you know, I thought they got very fortunate in the Texas game. And, you know, even Arkansas came back and made it a game. Now they were impressed. Bama was still impressive in that game. But uh, then you have the A&M game. And, and you know, I, I there's a lot of red flags uh, about that defense outside of the defensive line. Yeah, you're right. And I think if it was any other team, uh, we might be more concerned or and less surprised by this outcome. But we just, or I should speak for myself, I just assume Bama's going to get it together. Bama's going to get it together. This is a fluke. This happens occasionally. But... But no, now here we are, and uh, they've got they've got a loss, and they still got a pretty tough schedule ahead of them. Uh, let's uh, just hit that other game real quick, that USC Utah game. Uh, me being a huge Pac-12 nerd, um, that was such a fun game. I uh, I had no idea what to bet in that one. I was leaning UCLA, but it was not a best bet for me. Uh, I'm sorry, USC uh, USC Utah was pulling USC in that one. Um, that that two point conversion at the end, I just loved it. It was like absolutely everything you want to see and uh if you were a usc fan at that moment i'm sure you were just terrified like oh no this is this is going to happen but uh so often those things don't work out and then all of a sudden this time it does and cam rising is a is a is a superstar i'm still waiting for the explanation of of the ref called timeout mid play and like usc got like five extra seconds so after 
Utah got the two point conversion, which was a truly ballsy call. I didn't, I didn't think he should have done that because he was at home, but shout out to him. They got it done. But uh, how about putting the seconds back on the clock, like six seconds or five seconds late where I thought, man, USC is going to get in field goal range and, and, you know, probably win this thing. And I'd never seen an explanation like that from a referee where they said, you know, the ref called timeout in the middle of the play. So yeah. they put time back up. I mean, it, it almost pulled out the conspiracy theorist on me of like, hey, they're trying to get USC the, the, the win here. Because I'd ne- I we've watched a lot of football in our lives. Yeah, I'd, I'd never I'd seen never, it. I'd never seen it where they just said, hey, the ref called timeout in the middle of the play. So the other team gets all that time back. I, and they, they haven't explained it. I've, I've searched for it online. And I, I still am perplexed by what the <laughs> hell happened there. Yeah. Uh, conspiracy theories, especially with like, a USC team that's uh, you know, undefeated. All the hype in the the in the off season. Um, yeah, it was it was it was great though. I I loved seeing Utah pull it off, and uh, one of my one of my friends just joined the staff there, so it was fun uh, being able to see all the excitement there. Matt, did you get a chance to watch that, or was it past your bedtime? It was past my bedtime, but I will <laughs> say, um, I think the thing that is starting to stand out is like while this USC team. They're definitely, I mean, Link, I mean, not Link, Kevin, Lincoln Riley has definitely made big strides with this team early. And it's clear that at least Caleb Williams is no joke. They, I mean, they've got the right guy there. They're not upset to see Jackson Dart at Ole Miss. I think it's, it's noteworthy that as their turnover ratio, like their turnover margin isn't increasing every single week, that these games are getting significantly closer and then when they finally have a team that maybe can match up with them talent wise they they drop this game and um i i'm happy for utah because i i really like this utah team i still think talent for talent they're they're probably like a top 15 team in the country and i really like what they're capable of doing and so i'm happy to see them break their little losing streak they were on and maybe still sneak into a Pac-12 championship game. That'd be really hey, fun. I've got a future on that. I, I, I'd be happy to see Utah pull it out and uh, and still end up getting there because, uh, yeah, I have a, a significant wager um, it's there. Fun, it's, it's funny, though, because I thought USC looked better against Utah than against Oregon State. I actually thought they should have lost to Oregon State, uh, oh, yeah. but Oregon State's quarterback kept giving USC opportunity. Uh, but I, USC couldn't really move the ball that well against Oregon State. And then, you know, in th- this game, they were moving the ball pretty much at ease in the first half. I know they got shut down some in the second half, but I actually came away more impressed with USC in this game than the Oregon State game, which I thought they should have lost. So uh, it's still a shout out to Utah for getting it done. And I like your, I still think your ticket's sitting pretty, sitting pretty good right now. It's decent. It's decent. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, USC is still covered though. So, I mean, that's, you know, essentially yeah. all that really matters. But hey, let's hit the break. And then when we get back, we're going to hit our picks of the week. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, the most beautiful time of the week is when we get to hear that drop. It is always a good time. Colby, you are a guest. Why don't you um, take us uh, with lead us with your first pick? Again, we're we're each uh, operating with ten units um, this week on bets, so we can kind of get a feel for how confident we are in different ones. So, Colby. Uh, what is one of your favorite plays uh, for, or just, it could be your favorite as far as confidence or favorite just because it's insane. Uh, but, but let's hear it. Uh, well, my favorite bet probably, you know, I feel like if you would have asked me this yesterday, it might've been my second favorite, but currently it's my favorite. Uh, I'm going to take you to the Alamo dome in San Antonio where UTSA is laying 10. I believe uh, this line has jumped up. It was a little lower earlier in the week, but still I'm not afraid of the 10 points. When I look at, uh, you know, the, the Roadrunners, first off, I, I actually think they might be the best group of five we have in the country. I, I, I don't want to say it all the way yet, but I, I've been most impressed with them. To go back to that Texas game, I think that score was a little more closer than what the final score indicated. Uh, and and UTSA is, is really, I think they've had this game circled. They made, first off, it's homecoming. And this is the team that ruined their perfect season a year ago in Denton, Texas. Uh, they got a bye week after this. I think they're going full. They, they've had this one circled all year. I'm going to lay the points with North Texas coming into the Alamo Dome here. And and if you watch the UTSA uh, Florida International game a week ago, which, you know, UTSA kind of called. I felt like they kind of were a little bit of asleep at the wheel. I think that's because they've been focusing on this North Texas game. So uh, give me UTSA minus 10 at home in the Alamo Dome against Seth Luttrell and uh, the North Texas Mean Green. I like that. Uh, Zachary Franklin is just such a fun wide receiver. I don't know if that's how you say his first name, but that's how I say his first name. And uh, uh, I think that, 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 that could be a lot of fun. Matt, do you have any thoughts on that one? I want to disagree with you because I'm mad at UTSA for not hitting their team total last week against the worst team in the country. But... I'm with you. I don't. I think this number, it, honestly, until it crosses that two touchdown threshold, I'm really not scared of it at all. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm right there with you. It, nice. It's the, it's the revenge angle, man. I think that that really uh, that really is the reasoning for my. I like even beginning of the year, I was doing my my previews uh, for 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 all the teams, and I, I was doing UTSA, and I go, oh, I know they're gonna want that one after what North Texas did to them last year in the rain. So. Uh, I, I don't know. I think that's my top play of the week. 
Nice. I like it. That's fun. I want to go to a game that we're fighting in, Matt. Um, I just saw it on your board. Which and one? I want to oh, know easy. why you are um why you're picking a terrible Syracuse team to go on the road and and even keep it close against um my Clemson Tigers. Because Syracuse defense is actually pretty reasonable. They rank 15th in defensive success rate allowed. They rank 7th in points per opportunity, and they rank 8th in havoc. So I, I like their defense a fair bit. Um, their offense has the 8th best, off- be- best success rate in the country. And to be honest, in my numbers right now, I have this basically at a pick So while I think Clemson is a – you know I kind of hate Clemson this year – I think they're they're a lot better than um, I think DJU is starting to show he's real again. I think that this is a uh, a playoff caliber team, but at the same time, they're not running away and hiding against anybody at the moment. All of their games are still really within that like ten point margin. I don't think they run away and hide against an offense that's going to be able to score some points on them and a defense that's not going to make life easy on them. So. I get nearly two touchdowns with a team I think's pretty good. Give me, give me Syracuse. Yeah. So, so my and thoughts I've got, on Syracuse. Yeah. I've got a unit and a half on this one for what it's worth. Okay. Yeah, and I've got two units on Clemson minus thirteen and a half, and it's more. Uh, I think, I think Syracuse's defensive numbers are more a testament not to necessarily them, but the teams they've played um, outside of Purdue. Um, it's a NC State without Leary, Virginia without uh, Anai. They've been terrible offensively this year. Um, Purdue is the one good uh, offense that they face, and Purdue was able to put up almost 29 and really uh, should have won that game. I was on the over and Syracuse in that one, and it w- took a hail. It w- took a 49 point fourth quarter for for me to cover that one. So um, Louisville wasn't Louisville that, that in that point of the season, that opening game. So I'm just I, this is more me fading Syracuse not believing they're near as good. If this was in the dome, in the carrier dome or whatever the hell we're calling it now, I think I've got a different play on this, but Clemson at home, um, I think two touchdowns is, is just about right. Colby, where do, where would you land on this one? Or, or do you have a play on this one? Uh, I don't have a play on it, but it, you know, I do think I would side with Clemson. Syracuse hasn't really hit the road yet. Yes. They had a game at UConn, but they probably had more fans there at the, at wrench at Wrenchler stadium or field, whatever they call that. Uh, then, then UConn. So this is the first real road test. And, uh, I, I, I'm a big Robert and I guy, I was on cues and the over five and a half wins. I just think, uh, Schrader still throws a lot of 50, 50 balls. And I think against Clemson's defense, it's, it's, it's just not a good match for what I see. I, I, I understand though, that Syracuse traditionally plays Clemson pretty tough. So, uh, over the past few years, so I can understand the logic, but, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go Clemson. I'm going to lay the points. All right, cool. Matt, you want to hit us with another one since I forced you into sharing that That's one? That was fine. <laughs> um, I'm just going to go with a quick one. I don't know why Ole Miss is an underdog at LSU. LSU, I think, mostly got it. I think while Tennessee has proven that they are a legitimate national championship contender, that loss that LSU had to Tennessee is not just magically erased. They were atrocious in that game. They're still not a a very good team, Um, and I think Ole Miss is just markedly better than them. For me, the thing that stands out this year for Ole Miss is that their defense is – 
a lot better than it was last year. They're 32nd in success rate. They're 17th in points per opportunity. They are 28th in havoc. Um, S&P Plus has this game as Ole Miss minus five. I have this game as Ole Miss right around minus five. I think Ole Miss should be an outright favorite. I don't really get this number. This And to be honest, the fact that I, I don't get this number scares me just a little bit. But I'm not really scared of this LSU team. They, they haven't given me a reason to be super impressed with them. And yeah, I'm I'm just going to put a little uh, two units down on Ole Miss it, it, because this number just my numbers are screaming at me to play this one. That's so funny, dude, because them being a road dog scared me off. If, if it was Ole Miss minus two, I would be all over this because I'm an idiot. Um, well, you love road I, favorites too. So. Yeah, I love road favorites. So I love Ole Miss this week too. I'm not playing it though because that plus two was confusing to me. So I'm just, I'm just staying away. I'll play it. Uh, I'll play it myself in real life, but I'm not going to uh, not have it as best bet. Colby, where do you lean on this one? This one's tough. This one's tough. And I was shocked uh, at the line as well. And that line smells to me. So, you know, I probably lean LSU just because I know Ole Miss hasn't won in Baton Rouge since like 2008 or nine or something. So, and the the line just blindly, I would say, you know, Ole Miss minus a field goal. So I'm, I'm on LSU there. They must know something I don't know. And then I have been down there at the Baton Rouge and that stadium, I think it is one of the hardest places to win. So that only, you know, gives more credit to what Tennessee accomplished there a couple of weeks ago. Uh I still don't love this play by any means. I could totally see myself being wrong here, but the line smells to me. Give me LSU minus a point and a half. Yeah. Um, is that game at night? I can't remember. No, it's at uh, 3.30, I believe. Over oh, there. okay. So It'll that's get a little dark. easier. Yeah. Yeah, a little easier then. Uh, Colby, why don't you help He'll still with, uh... be drunk. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> it's Saturday. I mean, we, we all will be at that point. So, Colby, hit me with, uh, give me a couple, uh, couple plays you like here. Uh, yeah, there's another uh, unit play that I like here. I'm going to take you to Miami Gardens, where I don't know how. I honestly don't know how Miami's favorite over Duke. I watched, I've watched, I think, with the exception of the Bethune-Cookman game, I think I've watched every Miami snap, and they're not I'm good. So, I'm so sorry. <laughs> they're not good, yeah. They're yeah. not, like, I, I, even Virginia Tech, they almost gave away that game. Now, they were up 20 nothing to the Hurricanes' credit, but Virginia Tech is not very good. On the other side of things, I am completely impressed with Mike Elko's first year. Uh, I was on Duke last week, plus seven, and the money line, but it, the, they blew away the money line late in that game. I thought they had it. Uh, I just think they're the better prepared team. I think they're the better defensive team, and I, I, I think even from an offensive standpoint, I still don't like uh, Van Dyke doesn't look comfortable with Josh Gaddis's offense. I, I think Duke is just a better team. I, I like it on the money line. I also like the plus nine. Uh, with uh, with the Blue Devils in, in Miami in Miami Gardens. Another thing is the fans don't show up for that for these games. I mean, maybe against Florida State they'll show up, but not not a game against Duke. So it's a sleepy field, which I think favors the away team. I'm all over the Blue Devils in my in uh, Miami Gardens there. Yeah, I, I like that too. Miami's been tough to watch. I uh, you know being an Oregon fan, Krista Ball, all too familiar. And he makes every quarterback feel and look uncomfortable, you know, like uh, Herbert didn't even look great. Um, and now look at him. So uh, I definitely um, get frustrated with Miami. I mean, you look at what happened last week. I, I was touting all the Miami running backs in DFS because of. Uh, no, sorry, I'm getting confused. Matt, 
please save me. What are your thoughts on this one? My only concern with this game is I I still think talent matters, and I still think Miami's talent as a whole is a pretty large step ahead of where this Duke program is at. I do like what Mike El- Elko has done in one year. He has managed to um, bring Duke to a point where they're not the Vanderbilt laughingstock team in there. I don't think this will be an easy win. I probably still lead Miami to cover. I don't think, um, but I, I, I think it, it'll it be a sweat if they do. So I would fade this game personally because my, my lean would be towards Miami, but I don't feel comfortable enough to do anything with it. Yeah. Yeah. So what I was trying to say was <laughs> I, I, I remembered, uh, which is, uh, which is rare. Um, I w- was wanting to play a lot of Miami running backs because of how terrible uh, Virginia tech looked um, against Pitt. Pitt ran all over Virginia tech. I thought Miami would be able to do the same. Miami wasn't that explosive. Wasn't that great last week. Um, so I, I, I do have a lot of concerns about that offense. Uh, Duke did burn me against Georgia tech, but maybe Georgia tech's, a hell of a lot better than I give them credit for. Um, but that uh, that overtime game, ah, that one uh, that one stung me. Uh, Colby, let's hear another one. Uh, I'm going to take you to Madison, Wisconsin. Ooh, okay, let's hear it. I've got to play on this one, too. Wisconsin's beaten Purdue, what, I think 15 straight times. This is Jim Leonard's first home game in Madison. This is strictly a situational play. I know Purdue's playing for the, uh, the Big Ten West Championship, uh, you know, in sight, I guess you could say. Uh, I think Wisconsin's going to beat him. I think Jim Leonard's defense gives Purdue's a finesse team in the Big Ten West, and for some reason Wisconsin, who I know they don't ground and pound like they used to, but Jim Leonard's defense, I still trust that can give Purdue a ton of fits. It's it's his auditioning here for 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 the job of of being the Badgers coach in the future. I got Wisconsin minus two and a half against Purdue. And I just like the way uh, Leonard's defenses have performed against Purdue. So I, 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 I feel pretty good about this one with the Badgers. Uh, play that jump around music. Let's go. Okay. So I don't actually have a play on this game. I thought I did. Uh, it was one of the first ones off um, when I had to kind of whittle things down. But I was on the other side of this. So maybe there's a reason why I decided not to play this one after all, because I'd be going up against you. And uh, that probably would have worked out really terribly for me. Uh, I do love Aiden O'Connell, though. Um, he's also, uh, we'll talk about him when we get to DFS, because he's pretty cheap this week. And Charlie, um, Charlie Jones is questionable, too. And that's that's a guy who's been really good with Aiden O'Connell at Purdue. Yeah, and he he he's been he's been struggling with those injuries uh, for the last few weeks. He did play last week and looked fantastic. So uh, we'll we'll see. Um, but yeah, definitely if if, if Charlie Jones is out, definitely uh, favors Wisconsin quite a bit. Um, you're a Big Ten guy, Matt. What what any uh, any strong feelings one way or the other on this one? I'm torn. I really like Wisconsin still, and I would like Jim Leonard to eventually get that job. I I kind of think Purdue's the best team in the Big Ten West. Um, I think offense, their offensive explosion is higher than anybody else in there. And that's unique to that division right now, because no one in there is really particularly impressive on the offensive side. Um, but yeah, in, on the road in Jim Leonard's like audition, I have a tough time seeing them coming out of there with a win. And I, yeah, I think this is probably like a Braylon Allen, Big time game. All right. I am going to go to a line that um, 
I think is, and, and maybe maybe someone can can explain to me um, why the BYU Liberty line is what it is. Liberty is on to their third string quarterback, a guy, a junior who has a career passing um, rate of fifty uh, percent, um, not great. Um, Liberty has um, really been struggling lately, uh, barely beating Gardner Webb last week. Um, they rank 118 um, out of the 131 FBS teams in offensive an offensive success rate. Uh, I'm really concerned uh, if I'm a Liberty fan, which thank God I am not. Um, so I am going to go ahead and roll with Purdue right here. Not Purdue. I am struggling. BYU minus six and a half um, at Liberty. I know BYU has been struggling. Their defense is terrible, but I don't think Liberty can exploit it. I do think Day Day Hunter has himself some some yards but I, I at the end of the day i don't think um a running back racking up 100 yards is gonna um, affect the outcome of this game all that much uh puka nakua looks fantastic healthy again uh jaron hall is incredible so uh, i'm rolling with byu um in what is probably the uh biggest road game i mean biggest home game for liberty uh ever um and another fun kind of uh kind of spot mormons versus uh well, whatever uh, Jerry Fowell has going on over there at Liberty. What are y'all's thoughts on this one? Uh, I mean, this is I, – I get the quarterback thing, and that, that's the, 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 pre, the real reason why I had a hard time forecasting this. I like Liberty, though, in the points because I've been disappointed with BYU all year. I, and give Hugh Freeze a week to practice. I get it. You're, you're on the fourth-string quarterback. Uh, that's not good. I, so I don't feel super confident in this one because – uh, you know, I, I feel like with any team on the four string quarterback, I don't feel good betting on them. <laughs> um, but Hugh Freeze and Liberty, they that, that game at Wake Forest was super impressive to me. Uh, I get it, the Gardner Webb scare, but Gardner Webb scared Coastal Carolina too, and and actually played Marshall pretty tough in the first half too. Um, I I could totally see you hitting this too because I I just don't know what to expect out of out of uh, the fourth string quarterback there. But it is the biggest game in Liberty history, so uh, at home home stadium. So I'm I'm gonna take the Flames plus the points. But yeah, I I could totally see you nailing this. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I, I I went and adjusted Liberty's six points because of their quarterback, um, and I still basically have this game of pick 'em. It worries me a little bit. I, in that spot, I le- I've liked BYU all year. I I thought they were going to upset Oregon. I thought um, they were going to beat Arkansas last week, and I've just consistently been let down by them um, each week. So I'm just taking a step back from this BYU team that uh, I had high hopes for at the beginning of the year, and now, yeah, I, I think this this is probably where they may they go out and pick up a win, but I don't think you're going to feel comfortable with your six and a half the whole game. I don't feel comfortable with myself most of the time. So it'll be, it'll be par for the course for me. Um, Matt, give us another one. I've got a unit and a half down on Iowa team total under nine and a half at Ohio state. Do (laughs) I have to say anything here? Um, has arguably the worst offense in the country. And I'm including all of the terrible, terrible, terrible group of five teams. Um, and, independent teams that are all I was awful. They're, they're legitimately one of the worst offenses in the country. They play with no pace. Um, they're on the road against a team coming off a bye against a defense that hasn't had like a, sh- hasn't had a shutout yet. Hasn't had, um, 
the dominant like final score that you may be looking for if you're looking at this team as a national championship contender. I think this is a a game where Ohio State try some stuff to try and end it like put up that that zero on the scoreboard. Um Okay. I I'm I've I'm been gonna, a huge fan of this Jim Knowles defense this season. I think there's I'm gonna start sprinkling something on the money on the uh, on the shutout then, buddy. I'm doing it for you. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. I, I but I, I mean I also in this game, Ohio State's I I'm not playing this one. Um, but Ohio State covering the spread on this one feels like an inevitability. This one's gonna be a landslide type of game. Ohio State if anyone can tell me how I was gonna cover um Jackson Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison, and um Emek Agbuka, because Smith and Jigba is back this week. Um, I believe Mayan Williams will be back this week. If you can tell me how I was going to do anything in this game, I don't know. I don't know what yeah, how how you see that. So I, I'm not taking Ohio State covering. I probably should. It's probably the safer play, but I don't think Iowa's going to be able to score anything in this game um, on sounds the road. Like you should, sounds like you should put together a nice little same-game parlay like I like to do. I don't do same-game <laughs> parlays. I know, I know. Colby, what do you think about this one? How, do you, how are you reading this game? You said it was under nine points, right? I have nine and a half, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, when I did, we, we forecasted this and I had Iowa, and I was being generous, I feel like, scoring seven, and I said on a block. Um, yeah, fun. yeah, something crazy. <laughs> I love that play, man. I actually, I feel like I should add that to mine because uh, the only thing is Iowa, I do expect, even though obviously Ohio State's, you know, quarterback, wide receiver, running back situation, extremely skilled. I will say Iowa normally will find a way to get, create like one turnover. And that's the only thing I think that could potentially burn you. But I, 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 I like this play a lot. I think, that, like I said, I got them having the one turnover, whether it's on special teams or whether it's a strip sack or something, but that's for the seven points. I think I love the under nine and a half. Let's go. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And it's, it's tragic really. Can you imagine like being an Iowa fan and the, under, your team total is under, under two scores. It's rough, 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 but Hey, none of us are Iowa fans. So who cares? Um, let's, let's hear another one from you, Colby, and then I'll rattle off a couple. I want to take you to Colorado Springs. Oh, where... that's just right up the road. Yes. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, quick, quick trip there. And okay. Boise state. We know Hank Bachmeyer's gone. They fire uh plow, the offensive coordinator who was, you know, bringing in the air raid from UC Davis and uh, air force gives Boise fits even back in the Peterson days, air force gives them a hard time. They won on the Smurf turf uh, a year ago. But I'm not taking you to the spread because I do think Boise State showed some fight uh, under Dirk uh, Cutter, the the new OC. And I'm taking you to the under 47 and a half because Boise's going with the freshman quarterback, Taylor Green. Well, he's very good at scrambling, but as far as passing efficiency, he's not very elite yet. He's a freshman. I think he'll get there at some point in his career, but... I, this is going to be heavy dose run from Boise State. Air Force has a really good defense, uh, and Air Force runs the triple option. I'm going to take you to the under 47 and a half in Boise State at Air Force. That's a one-unit bet as well. So what do you make of that? I, I'm on this one, too. It's on my board. I'm, I've got a unit on the under 47 and a half also. Uh, all the things you said, it's like when you a team like Air Force that's going to run, although, man, 
they had a couple nice touchdown passes uh, last week, if I if I recall, which means they're not throwing again for two weeks. <laughs> so they're um, averaging yeah, then, seven passes per game. Let's not think they're just magically a passing team. <laughs> no, but it was fun to watch, and uh, and they were some pretty passes too. Has he? Uh, anyway, we won't have to talk about Hazik Daniels. Um, but I, I like this play. I I think both teams are just going to be running the ball, and I do think Air Force uh, kind of is able to just kind of kill the game at the end. And uh, this, I think this under hits pretty comfortably. So uh, I'm with you. What do you think, Matt? You love unders. This is, this is my kind of game. I like the under. Yeah. I don't have to, it's a, yeah, it's an Academy school under. You don't have to sell me on it. <laughs> That's right. Um, so I will jump to um, a game that I have one and a half units on. This is my uh, game with the most units left. And that is, uh, we just watched uh, Michigan embarrass Penn State. Uh, Penn State looked awful. There was, even though they were winning at halftime, they were not winning at halftime. It was truly awful. But Minnesota has also been. They also pretty- weren't winning at halftime, wasn't it? Sixteen to fourteen. Penn State was winning sixteen to fourteen, weren't they? No. I Penn State was up. that. Whatever. It was close. Penn State was. Matt, now I'm. You, you threw me off. <laughs> Not bad. Minnesota Minnesota hasn't looked good in a while. I am on Penn State minus four right here. Uh, I think they get up for this game. I think it's uh, it's important that they do because um, things could go off the rails. You don't want to have back-to-back losses here. And uh, night game, I just think it's going to be uh, – I think they're going to be able to stop. I mean, I, I love uh, Mo Ibrahim. Big, big fan. Um, was really bummed when he got injured last year. Bummed when he got injured again this year. Uh, he's back, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I think Penn State's able to stop them. Their passing game is atrocious. Tanner Morgan uh, dealing with a concussion, may not be playing. So uh, I'm all over the Nittany Lions here, minus four. Uh, feel pretty good about it. One and a half units for me. Matt, I love that play. Is, you like I that play? That. Yeah, I have it on my list as well. The only thing that I can say t- that concerns me is the look-ahead spot to Ohio State. But – uh, you, you, we don't even know that Tanner Morgan's going to play. And, uh, you know, the backup quarterback, I'm struggling to remember his name right now, but he was not very great. Obviously, Chris Altman-Bell, too, their star wide receiver, has been out for the season. This offense for Minnesota is challenged right now. Yes, Ibrahim's good, but uh, I, I think Penn State bounces back knowing that they, they they don't have the you know luxury to lose this game anymore. So uh, I, I'm with you. I got I got Penn State on my list right here, Penn State minus four. So let's go. Yeah, and I think coming off such an embarrassing loss, I don't think they can afford to look ahead. You know, <laughs> like yeah, I think they, yeah. they got to be focused because uh, otherwise you're going to have three three losses in a row. Uh, what do you think, Matt? Where, where are you on this one? My initial read on it was um, taking the points with Minnesota, and then I looked and saw that it was the whiteout game and realized I needed to drastically adjust the uh, home field edge that I do for Penn State in this spot. Minnesota's... Even if you, even if Morgan plays, you're not talking about 100% Tanner Morgan. And by the way, I don't know that Tanner Morgan, Morgan is a needle mover for me. He's he gets an adjustment for them, but I don't know that he's in, he's going to drastically change uh, my look at them. But there, this isn't going to be an offensive line that's going to bully Penn State the same way that Michigan did last week. Um, Minnesota's going to find some success running the ball, but they're not going to be able to do whatever they want. Um, Penn State. I would hope um, won't be so inept on offense against a Minnesota defense. That is, is definitely not the same caliber as Michigan. 
I, I like your spot, particularly considering the circumstances. Um, the, yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like college football, like we were just talking about it with Tennessee, you know, home, home field, like is a big deal. Uh, especially uh, nighttime, whiteout environment, like you said, Matt. I uh, I just feel real real good about this one because a lot of it is because of that too. Uh, man, it, it feels it feels gross though back in Sean Clifford as a as a favorite. <laughs> that is not a comfortable position to be in at all. Um, well, I stole I stole one of yours, Colby's, uh, and and, uh, and and you're riding uh, with me on this one. Um, what's another one you've got for us? Um, I'm going to take you to let's go Funky Town. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Funky Town is in Berkeley, California. Get ready to drop your acid, folks, because let's go. I, uh, the cow, the cow, Berkeley, uh, you know, cows just not a very efficient offense. And I think if you watch them, you you kind of think, hey, this is Iowa of the Pac-12. However, Justin Wilcox always gives Washington fits. Now, last year Washington won surprisingly because Washington was terrible, but the previous couple years before that, Cal beat them. They were all, all the games are uh, pretty close. So I'm getting more than a touchdown in Berkeley. Washington's 0-2 on the road. They pass a little bit too much for me, and I think that favors into Justin Wilcox. He's a defensive-minded coach. I'm going to take the Golden Bears with the uh, 7.5 points uh, at home in Berkeley. That's bold. That's bold. I mean, I, I, uh, I was kind of in love with Penix for a while this year. Uh, especially whenever I could play him in DFS. So I really, I mean, as an Oregon fan, yeah, I'd love to see Washington lose. Um, but Cal, uh, oof, they've been, they've been, they've been rough lately. Uh, so it's a, it's a bounce back spot for them, I guess. Uh, what, what do you, what do your numbers say on this one, Matt? My numbers have Washington um, covering slightly. I don't. It's in a, I just don't know these teams well enough. I, I still my numbers still like Washington partially just because of how they started off the year and it hasn't fully um, bounced from where they've come or hasn't come down from where uh, where they've been. So yeah, I'd, I'm not comfortable enough to walk to the counter with it, or I guess I should say plug it into an app. Um, but yeah, I, I would take Washington. That's a side I prefer. Yeah, um, curious uh, your thoughts here. Um, coming off that kind of embarrassing overtime loss to Colorado. Do you think that's like a, a, does that make them like focus more on this game? Like just curious because Colorado is one of the worst teams in the entire country and somehow you lost. I mean, I, I, I mean, I think to me, it's all about matchups for this, for this, like it's kind of the reason why I'm taking Wisconsin against Purdue. Washington's a finesse team. Cal wants to get you it, it, it played, playing you know backyard brawl you know we're gonna run the ball a bunch of times and uh but i i just think it's a matchup washington has shown that they do not play really physical football this year uh and they're zero and two on the road and i just think cal everyone's taking washington all the money's on washington cal wilcox traditionally i i've actually always been impressed with wilcox it's weird that he loses a lot of close games but that's why another reason is i'm getting more than a touchdown um and uh, so I'm, I'm on the Golden Bears plus seven and a half. I just feel like, yeah, may, maybe coming back from the Colorado thing. I wasn't that shocked, to tell you the truth. I mean, Colorado does suck, but their schedule's <laughs> insane. Like, if you had given Colorado Michigan's at a conference schedule, I think Colorado would have been 3-0. So uh, I, I am not shocked that, that the Buffs came in there and did that, but or not came in there, it was at home. But, 
yes, they do suck, but but Cal plays <laughs> teams like that. They almost lost to UNLV. They're a weird team. They're just a weird team. They they play these uh type of games, but I think, you know, them playing Washington, them even, you know, playing a lot of the Pac-12 North, they they give they give them fits. Their, their style of ball kind of gives a lot of those teams fits there. Yeah, well, they they certainly did that to Arizona when uh Jaden Knott ran for almost 300 yards. So, um yeah, I mean they they played a game similar to this uh, and and come out. Um, I mean, not when they won this one. You don't even need them to win. Um, so yeah, interesting. Um, let's stick in the pack twelve. Let's go to my Oregon Ducks. Um, I've got a couple plays on this one. Um, I'm playing it kind of like I did the Tennessee um, Bama game, where I kind of wanted to just go all in on money line, but was a little nervous, so I took some points as well. So uh, give me UCLA plus six and a half. For half a unit, I'm also going to put half a unit on UCLA money line, and I'm also putting a half unit on the over 69 and a half. I think this game shoots out. I think it is uh, just. A, I think it's going to be a phenomenal game. I think both these quarterbacks. I think uh, Bo Nix of the past. I mean, he's at home, so hopefully that helps. I still think he's going to screw up and and cost Oregon the game, but I think he's going to be able to run the football um, effectively. Uh, Bucky has been absolutely, um, Bucky Irving has been absolutely fantastic so far this year. Uh, Byron Cardwell might be getting some more play. So I think the offenses are really going to be ticking here. Uh, but I just don't trust Oregon uh, to be able to close that. UCLA has been such an impressive team. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson has, has been so good. And Zach Charbonnet, as everyone knows, um, is a man that I am absolutely in love with because he's a total freak athlete. Um, and I think they are able to put up enough points um, we saw, we saw Georgia expose this Oregon defense. And while I do not think, um, UCLA's defense is anything like Georgia. So it kind of changes the complexion of the game. I do think UCLA uh, can be creative enough to, to move the ball, uh, find open spaces. And they have enough athletes, especially with DTR and Charbonnet, uh, to get the job done. So I'm on UCLA in all those ways and the over. Matt, you have a play on this one too. So why don't we hear from you? And then uh, Colby, if you've got a play or give us your thoughts. I mean, I've got this one. I've got the plus six and a half. I've got a half unit on it. Originally, I started off this one as like a two unit play because I saw the line and started salivating. Um, and as I started doing a little bit more research, trying to put together some notes on why I'm making the play other than just blindly following my numbers say this. Um I started looking more into it and what concerns me a little bit and why I'm backing off the weight of my play on it is Oregon's pretty quality against the run. Um, they like where you beat Oregon is through the air. And while I do like DTR and while I think he is capable, um, I worry about relying on him in a shootout game. If Charbonnet does kind of get held in check a little bit, Oregon is, uh, 27th in rushing success rate allowed. Um, and so that it does scare me that they're going to have a lot of spots where Charbonnet is only going to pick up one or two yards on the first down, and they're going to have to rely on DTR to make a pass in critical situations. And if Oregon can get off the field in some of those spots, then we're talking about um, a game that is a, could potentially run away with it if Oregon's offense is as good as it has seemed. So, yeah, I, I'm 
I am going to stay uh, with the plus six and a half rather than money line like you. Uh, I love your overplay because I do think these are two very good offenses. Um, and yeah, so give me give me the plus six and a half. I, I Part of me thinks UCLA wins it outright, but this also, if they're going to lose a game in the regular season, this feels like it might be the game they lose. Uh, for that over-under, I mean, between the two, between these two teams, the under has only hit twice all year. Uh, both these teams are just uh, hitting overs. So, uh, Colby, do you have a play on this or, or a, a feeling one way or the other? Uh, I mean, I was a bit surprised at the line when it came out. Uh, so I, I, I did take UCLA plus six, but the more I think about it, and also they're calling for rain. Uh, first off, like a lot of these teams, if you saw last week, only one team in the top 25 won on the road, and that was Clemson at Florida State. A lot of these teams are playing their first or second road game. You know, like UCLA has only played at Colorado. Okay, that's we just talked about. That's not a road game. (laughs) Yeah. So so this is their first live environment in a while, you know, uh, because even even last year, they didn't uh, you have to go all the way back until they went to Salt Lake City and and, and got smacked by Utah last year. Uh, So I'm concerned there. And then when you factor in the rain element where it's supposed to rain, I'm still going to take UCLA plus six, but I do expect Oregon to win this game. Okay, that is crazy. Yeah, I, I just have the schedule pulled up. Uh, October October 31st was the last like true road game. Uh, that's insanity. That is really crazy. Yeah. Um, how much how much of an impact do you think? I mean, this is not again. This is not a night game. This is afternoon game. Um, how much of that do you think factors into the the home environment? I mean, Austin Stadium can get rowdy and crazy, but that's usually that Pac-12 after dark stuff. I am a little nervous that you know uh, it's like 11 o'clock kick or something like that. I, I don't know. I, I 1230. Yeah. 1230. Okay. Yeah. No, but I, I am concerned. I mean, to me, I think the hardest thing to do in college football is win on the road. And especially I'm not talking like at Stanford or at, uh, you know, Miami. That's why I took Duke. You go into these lit places, you know, whether it's Eugene or whether it's, uh, you know, Knoxville last year or last week, uh, Columbus, Salt Lake City, doesn't matter. Uh, it, it, it is, I, you just get tested, especially when it's UCLA's first real, like you are going to have problems, but you might get more false starts. I would expect that. Um, and then you add in the rain element where we, we mentioned, I mean, I live in LA right now and, and I can tell you when the traffic, when it rains just a little bit, I mean, it's, it, you're, you're stuck for hours. So LA people <laughs> don't know how to handle the rain. So I, I, it's just concerning to me. Uh, so I, I do think Oregon will win this game, but I still think six is a lot of points. It's a lot of points. So, and it's an experienced UCLA team. So I'll, t- I'll take the Bruins plus the six. Cool. I will say yeah. it's also, there's, there's some forecast for it to be a little bit windy in this one as well. It's looking like it, you could get winds eight, nine miles an hour. Special teams might get a little bit wonky. Um, and you might get a little more reliance on the run game if it is starting to affect the passing game, which, which makes me. The only thing that's tiny worried. Both teams are so comfortable running the football and they have such explosive run games that uh, to me, it's not like the, the slow, the clock game goes by real quick and you hit your under just because of that. These games, these, these teams are pretty fast paced and they have explosive offenses. All right, Colby uh, hit hit us with another, another one or two. Um, I'm going to take you to, uh, well, let's, Let's go to I'm I'm still waiting to see if Jeff Sims is going to play, but I'm going to put just a half because of the chance that he doesn't play. But I can tell you this, like uh, Virginia's awful. Like I think yeah. I, we talked Colorado. I actually think Colorado might be better than Virginia. And 
Tony Elliott, if you look at DJU's of what he's done at Clemson without Tony Elliott, he's showing some signs of life. And meanwhile, Brennan Armstrong, who was a, oh, a, man. a, a stat warrior last year, uh, who I was really impressed with, he looks like you know he's completely regressed under Tony Elliott. Uh, and Brent Key, the interim head coach at Georgia Tech, has brought new life. Former, he played at Georgia Tech. They're super, you know, the, the, you can just tell the team is is there's a buzz about them uh, with this new new interim head coach. And the the Sims thing is the only thing that's really I wanted to go all in, but the chance that he might not play is a little bit concerning. But I do think Georgia Tech. Another thing is, guys, Georgia Tech has the, the they already have the tiebreaker on Duke and Pitt. They could. This sounds gross. They yes, could it does. <laughs> that sounds so gross. Yeah. They could win oh. the Coastal. And when you look at the schedule, uh, yes, they get Florida State next week. Uh, you know, But Georgia Tech, even in their terrible years with Jeff Collins, has actually been a thorn in the side of Florida State. So, like, I can see a path. This is a critical game. Give me Georgia Tech in, at Bobby Dodd laying three against UVA. <laughs> Yeah, it's just they're gonna bring out the welcome, welcome to uh, Georgia Tech uh, for 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 Dion. Get it primed for him for next year. Take over the program. Now that'll never happen. But I know Georgia Tech. They uh, I keep thinking they're gonna get back to sucking terribly, and then they keep messing up my bets. So I'm definitely not betting against Georgia Tech again this year. Um, it's ugly watching Georgia Tech play a lot of times. But uh, like that Duke game was was wretched. But uh, but hey, they got it done. And like you said, Virginia's just been awful. Um, I've been really disappointed. I mean, the, the coaching changes that you mentioned, but also, um, completely new offensive line. Matt and I have talked about that a bit in previous, uh, episodes of this, uh, here good show. So, uh, I like that play quite a bit. Uh, what's, do you have a, a play or take on that one, Matt? I'm with Colby on it. I, I think Georgia tech has found a little bit of new life since the coaching change. I, I'm, it makes me so sad to see Virginia go from being, like Fun. must see TV. They were must see TV in 2021 and they're must turn off the TV in 2022. So I, I, I it makes me really sad. That's, that's really all I can say, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I like Georgia tech. And isn't it crazy? Like, I feel like we live in this time where everyone's transferring and like, I can remember doing a show. It's like, Oh, isn't that great? Brandon Armstrong is going to stay there. Like in my head right. now, I'm like, Oh, he should have left. Yeah. He, and, gone. <laughs> he lost like two all Americans. I'm pretty sure off his offensive line. And I don't understand how you sit there and go, you know, I'm loyal to this program. Wow. I just lost all of my protection. Can we do something? Um, uh, but he still had those, like the, the returning production from the wide receivers was still there. Like I was excited. I was still excited. I thought Wicks and, uh, anyway, I got a lot of them in, in uh, college fantasy and uh, it has not really panned out <laughs> very well for me. Um, well, there was like a right. red, I, f- I feel like they brought in and, and I, I can't recall what school, but like they brought in like an FCS transfer from like St. Francis or something. And they're like, yeah, he's going to be a day one starter. And I'm like, Ooh, oh, I was like, I don't sad. know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, give me the yellow jackets. All right. I like it. Uh, how many more do you have Colby? I've got three, and I think Matt has three. Yeah, I can do three. Let's go. All right, cool. Uh, Matt, let's hit, hear one of yours. All right, I've got a theme for the rest of mine. Um, Uh-oh. Uh-oh, that's usually a scary proposition. No, it isn't. It's just wind. Um, I'll start <laughs> off with the one I'm least confident in. Um, Hawaii and Colorado State. Um, these are both really bad offenses. Like, within my numbers, they're both bottom and bottom 20 in the country. Um 
Colorado State's averaging just 12.2 points per game. Hawaii's averaging 18.9. Total in this game is 46.5. Math's, I'm joking. I'm not that simple on how I do it. Um, they're about 10 mile per hour crosswinds projected for this game. And these teams already have some issues missing field goals. Colorado State has missed three field goals this year. Hawaii has missed one. I think you're going to have some issues if they do have to rely on any. And these teams are really pretty incompetent um, on both sides of the ball anyway. Give me the under 46 and a half in this one. Uh, only putting a unit down on that one. I, I'll go progressively up on these from here. But I, I, I don't see these teams scoring a whole lot of points. I don't use ESPN very frequently, but I pulled up their uh, their power index and uh, the offensive efficiency. You've got the 131st team <laughs> and the 121st. So you've got two bottom 10 teams on off for offense. Yeah, the under probably feels safe unless they just throw a bunch of uh, interceptions in the red zone, like the opposing red zone. Um, but that'd have to happen a lot. <laughs> what do you think, Colby? You're, you're you're nodding your head, so I'm guessing you you like this one. Well, I mean, it's it's just hilarious. It's fun. This one is, uh, you know, and I will say this: I agree with him, but I think Hawaii's offense is actually getting better. I can't say the same for Colorado State. Like I I was on Hawaii on the money line against Nevada, and I know it's just Nevada, but even the San Diego State game, which San Diego State's not very good this year, but their defense traditionally has been really good, and I still think that's a solid unit. And Hawaii was, I feel like uh, their quarterback, what is it, Shogger, was was has little flashes here and there. I still like the under. makes a lot of sense to me because I don't think Hawaii is just going to automatically be there. But I do think Hawaii is improving, improving so it's something to watch. But, yeah, I, I, I don't see Colorado State doing much their whole team transfer they have a they have a mutiny situation there i don't know what's going on colorado state's also like one of the slowest pace teams in the country which should help bleed some of the clock when they are holding onto the ball so and 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 timmy chang was part of the staff so if anyone's gonna know what jay norvell is gonna want to do timmy chang was the wide receivers coach and and i believe quarterback coach uh uh, for Colorado State for the first couple months of the season before he was hired, or the first like January, uh, and then also uh, at Nevada with Norvell. So, all uh, right, there you go, there we go. There's some 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 ties there. How about a, a play from you, Colby? I'm taking you to Stillwater, where ooh, this is a fun one. I look, I'm not buying all this Texas nonsense. I thought Iowa State was the better team last week. I thought, with the exception of three minutes in the second quarter. Uh, which uh, Texas did score 14 points the final three minutes of the final three or four minutes of the second quarter. I thought Iowa State was the better team on the, like watching the whole game. I was like, Iowa State, if they don't throw that interception in the in the end zone, they also missed a field goal. Now, Texas missed one too. But I just thought Iowa State was the more consistent team moving the ball. And uh, Texas is 0-1 on the road. And yes, they didn't have Quinn Ewers, which maybe they win that game. Probably they win that game. But uh, I would also say maybe they don't because – Quinn Ewers has never started on the road in college football. And I know Mike Gundy has made points of this at the big 12 meetings in the off season. He said, you know what? I don't know why the Texas and Oklahoma athletic directors are part of these meetings. We don't want them here. Get them out of there. <laughs> personal to him. Oklahoma yeah. is taking a huge financial hit. This is the last time they're coming into Stillwater. Give me Oklahoma state. Plus the, plus the points, and I'm going to ride the money line. I'm going to ride the Ooh. money line here because I, I'm – the whole world's in love. I get it. With Ewers playing, well, even without Ewers playing, I thought the refs were so bad in that Alabama game, Texas should have won that game. But I 
am not buying in all the way. I thought the UTSA game, there was some red flags before, you know, they pulled away. Uh, and I thought last week, I thought, I honestly believe Iowa state was the better team that, that they just, they, they didn't get it done. Texas got out of there. I know it was a tough spot for Texas, but cause they came off that emotional red river shootout win, but Dylan Gabriel was out that game. So how much can we really look into that? Also, Oklahoma's defense is terrible. Give me the Cowboys to bounce back at home and, and win this thing. Do you guys think that was a targeting at the end of the game? That should have been I called. Thought, I thought it should at least be looked at. I thought it should at least be looked at. I, it I, felt I, weird I, that they didn't. Like, yeah. if for all we've seen targeting be over the last few years, the fact that that didn't get a glance was Matt very Campbell, strange. Matt Campbell, look, and I'm no Iowa State guy. I, I, they're to me the same. I, 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 uh, I, but he stays getting on the wrong side of calls. I. Yeah. I I don't know what it is. I don't know if the Big 12 has a vendetta against Iowa State, but I, I feel like every every game I watch of Iowa State, it's critical cause. And, and if you saw the first half, Texas scored a touchdown on a drive where they caught a roughing the passer on Quinn Ewers that was disgusting. It was not roughing the passer by any means. And and you're sitting there saying, well, they're going to protect the quarterback like that. But, me, but meanwhile, when Deckers runs, you at least got to take a look at that. That's the point of targeting. Call it so yeah. you can actually look at it, you know? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was crazy. That was a crazy game. And how about the, how about the wide open drop by Xavier Hutchison? Oh, I had him in DFS and cash. I did not like that drop. <laughs> I was <laughs> not happy with that drop. Um, uh, he still had a good day, but man, yeah, that was a, that was definitely a, a game changing moment. Um, how do you feel about Oklahoma state after the loss to TCU? Um, kind of in heartbreaking. I mean, every loss is heartbreaking, but, uh, 43, 40, um, any concern that uh, the the loss kind of carries over from last? I mean, obviously not. You're still picking them, um, well, but uh, I, mean, I always get a little concerned. This is strictly situational for me here because I, Oklahoma State. I, I, there's some red flags that I saw earlier in the year. I wasn't in love with this team, and I know they're even Spencer Sanders isn't even 100. percent But right. I just know you're telling me Quinn Ewers' first ever road start in like he's impressed all of us. I feel like right, and and but at the same time. I thought Iowa State did a great job making him feel uncomfortable, and he kind of had a lackluster game, like an average game. And now he's got to go on the road, first road environment of his life, like as a starting quarterback in in college football at a place that you know they want to they want to take these goalposts down. I mean, it, I just think it's it's got disaster written all over it. Uh, so g- give me give me the Cowboys. Let's go. I mean. <laughs> That would be that'd be a real fun one if uh, if it actually does happen on the money line if if Oklahoma State can get the upset it would be absolutely crazy in Stillwater and uh, and I'm and I'm here for it um, I'm gonna take you guys to a game that is uh, very much off brand for me I'm gonna go with a road dog we're gonna go with Indiana plus three but it's because I'm fading Rutgers because I do not like Rutgers very much. Um, they are quite inefficient when it comes to, uh, the passing game. Um, and I think Indiana with Basilac and, um, uh, cam campers are able to get enough done to cover the, like, to, I mean, three points isn't a ton. Um, I think worst case scenario, I push this, I could see Indiana actually, uh, coming out and, and getting the W on this one. And it's at, it's at even money. So my one unit will bring back one unit. I always love that when that happens. I like it. I mean, I, I I like it. I feel I feel like you're gonna. I know Rutgers destroyed him last year, but you got to remember Indiana was on like their tenth string quarterback. I feel like last year they had like a walk on playing. The only thing that concerns me is Tuttle transferring. So if something happens to Basilac, 
Sure, 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 sure. You're going deep. You're going deep, but I I like it. I think worst case scenario, I think it's a field goal game. Rutgers offense still is just makes me want to vomit. And uh, and Indiana, believe it or not, like I feel like they're a little bit better than their record because like you look at all their loss. Well, the Nebraska loss, but the other losses were to teams that have a pretty good record. I mean, Maryland's what, you know, Michigan's undefeated. Cincinnati's only got that one loss. Uh, and then they got that win against Illinois. I don't know how the hell that happened. So, <laughs> I lost yeah. money on that one. <laughs> so I, I like it. I like your. I, I can see what you're seeing here. Cool. All right, Colby. Uh, why don't you hit us with another one here? Actually, uh, give us uh, give us two more. We'll each do our final two here uh, before we head over to DFS. All right. I will take you to. I'm going to take you to uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, where Arkansas State is getting seven points. Um. The logic here is this: Louisiana, they lost a ton, and and uh, Napier's at Florida. He took two offensive linemen and a running back, uh, and they just shouldn't be a seven-point favorite against anybody. They did have a nice, impressive win uh, over Marshall, but Arkansas State's been a covering machine. Now they're not good by any means, but like they're they're good enough. Like they just lost in Hattiesburg, the Southern Miss by one. I think Southern Miss is probably better than Louisiana. This well, I don't know now because they lost their starting quarterback, but. Um, I just think Arkansas State can hang in this game, and I wouldn't be surprised if they won it outright. I kind of have this as like a three-point game in Louisiana's favor. Uh, so I'm getting a touchdown, and I just don't think Louisiana is that good this year. If you look at some of their losses, you know, Louisiana's three and three, uh, lost to a double-digit loss to Rice, who is improving, but also a loss to ULM. And I just feel like Arkansas State's probably better than ULM. Give me, give me the seven points on the road uh, against the Raging Cajuns. And, awesome. And wait, I'm supposed to do two right now, or yeah, give us your last play here. Um, well. let's go. I'm going to take the over in Boston College Wake Forest. I think Phil Jerkovic will have like Boston College's offensive line situation is a disaster, but Wake Forest not known for their defensive line. I think Phil is actually a pretty damn good quarterback. It's just he has no protection, much like Brennan Armstrong. And Zay Flowers, I think, is incredible. So I think they're going to be able to get some points. Now, I think Wake's clearly the better team, and I think Wake's going to win. But Dave Clawson's offense is going to put up points on Boston College. So I will take the over on 61 in BC and Wake in Winston-Salem there. And those I love that play. I love that. I mean, I love over, so always going to be a fan. But um, I, I – I, uh, in the DFS article I'm writing up, uh, I've got Zay Flowers as one of my one of my plays that I really really like this week because uh, he's not that expensive. And to your point, um, I think that uh, I think Boston College is going to be able to score enough, um, maybe not to uh, to keep it close, but enough to get you your over. That's all you need. And uh, we've seen Wake Forest score in bunches. I mean, Sam Hartman's been out of this world this this year. Uh, so big fan of that. Um, all right, Matt, let's uh, let's hear your last two plays. All right, I said I had a theme when I hit the first uh, the first one of the three. Uh, I'm going to continue that with uh, Kansas and Baylor. I'm going under 58.5 for a unit and a half on this one. Heavy, heavy winds in this one. Um, winds of 20 to 22 miles per hour. That's definitely going to impact the passing game. It will be very difficult. Um, Baylor's been averaging 31 pass attempts per game. Kansas is only 23, but in their last two games with Bean, they've been at 34 and 27. Both these teams have missed um, a fair number of kicking opportunities. Baylor's missed three extra points and missed a field goal. Kansas has missed three field goals on the year. I don't see special teams 
being positive for either of these teams. I don't think you're going to get the the free three points in a lot of these spots because at at 22 miles an hour, it pretty much I would say it'll pretty much take any field goal longer than about 40 completely off the table. So you're going to have to see a lot more going forward on fourth down. You're going to see maybe some punts that you sit there and scream at your TV at. Um, I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. I, I still like Baylor's defense a fair bit, and I think they're going to be able to keep this one in the lower scoring game. I see the winning team being somewhere around like 30 and the, the losing team being mid 20s. Um, my last one. Uh, this is me going sicko mode. It's also my favorite play of the week. Um, Gross. It I'm is already disgusted. It's already it's another fairly high wind game. 12 to 14 mile per hour winds uh, that are crosswinds. Um and a super slow Miami of Ohio offense. Um, they are, I believe, 130th out of 131 on offensive pace of play. Um, both of these teams are outside of the top 100 in pace. And Miami actually plays fairly good on defense. They are second in havoc rate, and they allow, um, and they're 44th in success rate uh, and points per opportunity allowed. They are a little bit stronger against the run, so I don't think a guy like Sean Tyler for Western Michigan is going to find that much success against them. So give me the under 44.5. It is really gross, and you're going to have to, like any under in the 40s, you're going to always be a little bit sweaty, but I don't see either one of these teams getting over 20. I think this is going to be a 17-13 to kind of game, maybe. Um, so, yeah, give me, give me the under in my favorite kind of game. Gross. Sounds like an NFL game, if you ask me. Just boring, poor played, no offense. I'm just kidding. I am a little bitter about the NFL, but we don't have to get into that right now. I've got one unit on Northern Illinois at Ohio Bobcats, over 65 points. Get out of my conference. (laughs) But I'm picking an over, so it's okay. Um, I I like both these offenses against each other. Um, I, I think, I mean, looking at what they score, both both teams put up 30 points regularly. Um, both teams give up 30 points regularly. Uh, I expect this one to uh, to, to sail over 65 uh, pretty easily. Um, talked a lot about Ohio last week in our DFS. Um, Rourke and uh, how do you – I call him Wiggles. I don't know how you're supposed to say his name. But the Wiggles, former Ohio State walk-on. Yeah. And then uh, Say Bangura um, has been absolutely crushing. Two more touchdowns last week. Um, I, I, I like this Bobcat team, so – um, I think this one sails over pretty comfortably. And then finally, it wouldn't be um, it wouldn't be a, a week if I did not pick against an absolute garbage team. The team I'm picking on this week just lost to a garbage team in the battle for I-25, New Mexico um, at home. But Fresno State coming off a big win against San Jose. I, I think they have kind of figured things out a little bit since they lost their quarterback. Um and so Jake Hayner is no longer um, hasn't been healthy, but uh, they're piecing things together. And just 11 points against just a god awful New Mexico team. Uh, I don't think the Lobos uh, hang in this one. So um, those are my last two. If you guys can remember, please, Matt, go ahead and give me a quick rundown of your plays for the week. All right, I've got 
Uh, UCLA plus six and a half at Oregon. I've got two units on Ole Miss plus two at LSU. Got two units on Miami and Western Michigan under 44 and a half. One unit on Hawaii and Colorado State under 46 and a half. One and a half units on Iowa team total under nine and a half at Ohio State. One and a half units on Kansas and Baylor under 58 and a half. And one and a half units on Syracuse plus 13 and a half at Clemson. I still love that Iowa team total under. It's ridiculous. Uh, Colby, do you have your uh, yours ready for it? Or I, I wrote them down too if you don't have them right there. I got them. I got them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I got Georgia Tech minus three this Thursday in, in that filthy ACC matchup. Uh, that is a unit play also. I mean, all, all my plays for the most part were unit plays. Uh, Duke plus nine in Miami Gardens. Wisconsin minus two and a half at home against uh, the Purdue Boilermakers. UTSA. Uh, at home against North Texas. I got Oklahoma State on the road and the money line against the Texas Longhorns. I got the under in Boise State Air Force at 47 and a half. Uh, I do, I, I, I know um, we talked about this, but it was on my list. Penn State as well, uh, minus four against Minnesota. Cal plus seven and a half against the Washington Huskies in Berkeley. I also have Arkansas State plus seven against Louisiana and the over on Boston College Wake Forest at 61. Those are my plays. I love it. Well, I am with you on um, the Penn State minus four and the under in the Air Force Boise game. Matt and I are fighting in the UCLA Oregon. I am on. Oh, no, we're not. We're agreeing in UCLA Oregon on UCLA plus six and a half. I'm also on the money line and the over 69 and a half. I've got BYU minus six and a half at Liberty. We're fighting Syracuse at Clemson. I'm on Clemson minus 13 and a half. I've got the over 65 in Northern Illinois, Ohio, Indiana plus three at Rutgers. And finally, you've got Fresno State minus 11 at New Mexico. All right. Without any further ado, because we are getting getting long here, let's jump into it. D.F.S. Let us start by looking at the um, sheet this week, Colby. I'd actually love. Do you do you do DFS fairly often? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I even do. I do a DFS show on uh, on Thursdays as well. Oh, I need to start listening. I I did not know you did that one. I will start listening to that for sure. Unfortunately, it's after my articles out, so I can't steal anything from you. Uh, so that's a shame. What are some of your favorite plays at quarterback this week? At quarterback, uh, I'm, I'm going to stay in the game that I took the over in, and I'm all yeah. over Hartman and uh, and Jerkovic in the in the same game. Uh, th- those are two quarterbacks that I really enjoy. Uh, first off, just from a skill level, I think both are two of the like Jerkovic. I know his stats will probably not represent, you know, but I really think if you put like Jerkovic on on a lot of other teams, people would be wild by his his uh, skill set. Uh, so I think both will have big days in uh, uh, against one another. That's why I'm on the over. Uh, so those are the two quarterbacks that really caught my eye for the for the slate. Yeah, and Jerkovic super cheap, only five thousand six hundred. So ton of value there. Um, Sam Hartman is the number three price quarterback at eight nine. But you know if you're pairing them together, um, price per quarterback is not that much. Do you often um, do two quarterbacks in the same game? You know, not really, but I'll say this. Uh, you know, a couple of the games that I had great success, I, I won a couple grand last year on – or no, was it – it might have been the 2020. It was either last year or 2020 when when Wake played North Carolina, and I went with Sam Howell and Sam Hartman. That was a crazy game. I remember that one, yeah. 
Yeah. So, so like it has worked out for me, but I wouldn't say that I traditionally target that, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I, I was on Sanders and Duggan earlier this year when they, um, when they played too. Um, yeah, I like both those guys. Um, Quinn, Quinn Ewers, who you're probably not too, I mean, you picked against them. That doesn't mean he can't have a big day, but he's only 6,400. So he's someone that I'm looking at again. He didn't crush last week. Uh, he was a little bit less expensive. Um, Aiden O'Connell at 6,000 is someone I know Wisconsin's defense is, is good. Of course, I was on the other side of this one than you, Colby. So maybe you uh, don't like Aiden O'Connell at all against that defense. I think at 6,000, there's some value. And I, I'll pay up for DTR this week, 7,900. Uh, it's not a ton for a quarterback. Um, I'm, I'm going to play him in, 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 in some cash lineups uh, for sure, just because um, I, think he gets, I, get, I think he gets the value just on his legs alone. I think anything he does in the passing game will be will be bonus. Uh, where are you at, um, Matt, on quarterbacks? Well, I'm I'm with you on all the guys you've named. The one other guy that I just think is a little bit inexpensive, and if he's available, he's a he's a nice guy to have in there. Is Michael Pratt from Tulane? Uh, he adds a lot of value with his legs. He can get he has four touchdowns rushing the, or four rushing touchdowns this year. He has a few games where he's been like uh, 50, 60 yards rushing, which is just kind of extra value especially at that cheap price and the perk with him is at 6300 if he does late scratch um or if he is a guy that you see isn't able to go because yours is so cheap you could quick pivot quick pivot over to quinn ewers so um i'm willing to take the risk of setting him in my lineup just because it's it's easy to make a late swap if you need to I like that Pratt angle. I actually had him in my lineup before switching to Jerkovic, but uh, I I can totally see that angle. Uh, you take take it on Memphis. Uh, Memphis isn't a defensive juggernaut by any means, so uh, I could totally see that working out for you. Yeah, I uh, I kind of regretted not playing. Like I didn't want to have to deal because I was traveling down to um, Albuquerque last week. I didn't want to uh, deal with having him last minute changes in my, in my lineup. So I was like, I'm baiting all the questionable quarterbacks and no Bryce young, no Dylan Gabriel. And uh, man, that Bryce young hand and hooker uh, game would, uh, would have been fun to have a piece of. Um, oh, let's uh, Matt, let's stick with you. Let's hear some of your running back plays for the week. I got to look at my list. Sorry. Um, I really like uh, Corey Kiner um, for Cincinnati against SMU. SMU's defense is definitely not a world beater. Cincinnati's offense, um, with Ben Bryant dinged up a little bit, I don't expect them to lean heavily on the passing game unless this, unless their defense um, can't hang with SMU. Um, but I do think there's going to be a lot of early volume for the running backs. I think that's going to go to Corey Kiner. Um, I've liked him pretty much since he came out of high school. He's from my area. Um, I thought he got kind of uh, an unfair shake at LSU. And I'm happy to see him finding some success back in Cincinnati. I think he's a good option. I like Xavier Valade um, at Arizona State. Um, I didn't talk about this, but that was a game I was looking at was Arizona State and Stanford. I, I do kind of like Arizona State to win that game outright. And if so, I think it'll be kind of on it will be on the back of Valade here. Um I really like Zach Evans. Um yeah. he's so talented. He's such a good running back and when he isn't like being his own worst enemy, he is one of the most talented running backs in the country. And I, I, like I said, I don't really believe in this LSU team. And I think that's, he, he may have a really big day. It's crazy too. This is the first week that uh Judkins is priced uh, higher than 
uh, Evans, uh, Judkins at 6,700, Evans 6,400, still very close. But um, they, this, uh, this rush, this rushing attack for uh, Ole Miss is just phenomenal. And it has been under Lane Kiffin for a while. It's no surprise. But uh, what they're doing this year is real special. Uh, three guys over 100 yards last week. I do think it continues. And I think you can take your pick of, of, of either one of them. Uh, I, I like that guy. Um, I like both of them a lot, but I, I've got Zach Evans in the article too. Uh, Colby Hurston, running backs, uh, you're into. Uh, I'm going to take you to, well, I'm, uh, you know, I took Wisconsin to beat Purdue. And uh, I think the way they do that is Braylon Allen. Braylon Allen, I expect to have a, a big day. I know Purdue's defense kind of better than what I thought coming into the year. Ron English has done a decent job with them. Um, however, I just think it's it's a wrong day, wrong time for Purdue as far as Jim Leonard's first home game. Uh, as head coach, and I think his formula, even though Mertz, what he had five touchdowns against Northwestern, and all of a sudden looked like uh, Joe Joe Namath. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, I think I think you go Bra- Braylon Allen there. I mean, that's their their real center of their offense, and uh, against a defense that is better than what I thought. But I still don't think they're an elite defense. I think Wisconsin will be able to get theirs. Uh, so give me Braylon Allen. I know he's he's at seventy four hundred. He is a, a, a bit expensive. Consider two thousand less than Bijan. I mean, <laughs> you you're still saving some money. Um, and again, yeah. other than that Illinois game, he has been absolutely dominant. Um, with over like a hundred, well, and that New Mexico State, but they just stopped needing him. Uh, but he's been he's been really good. I like that play uh, quite a bit. Yeah, and, and then uh, one of my favorite guys that I've had, I've, I've rostered this guy a few times this year. Uh, we talked Tulane, uh, Ty J Spears, the running back yes. for Tulane. Yeah. Uh, not only is he a force with eight touchdowns on the ground, averaging five yards a carry, and, and clearly their leading rusher. I know they give it to Celestine some too, but he's also their third leading receiver uh, from a yardage standpoint and a reception standpoint. So I like, uh, I, I'm sorry, from a yardage standpoint, he's fourth, but uh, he's right in the mix there at 15 receptions. So give me Ty J Spears at 5,700. Yeah, he's in the article as well. Love him. Um, I've got him in uh, a couple of. Uh, fantasy uh, college fantasy leagues too uh the season long and he's been just a staple for me he's just so good um one other guy i kind of want to shout out just because um i kind of was interested in seeing what he would do this this year and that's um tony mathis jr uh out of west virginia they play texas tech which is um you know not a uh, horrendous matchup at all um giving up um uh, 150 yards a game on the ground um mathis coming off 160 yard two touchdown game last week against Baylor um, and outside of, um, you know, just a couple of weird spots, like he struggled against um, Texas. Uh, but uh, I, I really like, I really like Mathis this week um, as well. Um, and he's only 5,700. Um, I, I, th- I think the only scary thing there, and I had Mathis last week uh, and, and he played great. Uh, the only scary thing is monitor. And I want the listeners to know that monitor the CJ Donaldson situation. Right. Yeah. Cause he was out. Yeah. And I think he's questionable for this one. Yeah. I, I originally almost rostered him, but I was like, I don't know if Donaldson's going to play or not. Uh, he definitely have great value. It, you know, I think he's going to get the start regardless, but I will say Donaldson Donaldson uh, has been pretty impressive prior to him getting injured. Yeah, that's a that's a good point there. Um, Colby, uh, hit us with a couple wide receivers you're interested in this week. I mean, I mentioned I mentioned uh, Zay Flowers. I'm, I'm, I, I shout out to your article. I swear I didn't read it, but uh, I, I need to because you're. It's on the not out yet, so I oh, haven't okay. even written it all yet. Okay, okay. I'm, it's still right here in uh, Google Docs. Well, uh, we we think alike with the Spears and the Flowers angle because Zay Flowers, I do expect him to have a big day. 
I do think Wake's defense is improving. That Brad Lambert hire was pretty pretty impressive there. Um, but I still just think Zay Flowers is a very talented. There's a reason why I think what he he said this offseason, someone offered him a million dollars to come to another school. Uh, there's a reason why he is really good. And uh, I'm going to take a shot on, I, I went with the four wide receiver stack. A lot of times I don't do that. I do three, but um, there's a couple guys that have really caught my, my eye. And last week we mentioned the West Virginia game early in the year. I was playing Bryce Ford Wheaton a lot, but Caden Prather has come along and I feel like he's the go-to guy for JT Daniels now. So uh, they were doubling Ford Wheaton. Maybe they won't do that. Uh, Baylor did double him uh, last week, but Prather has benefited and his stat lines have been coming up because of that. So at 5,800, I took a shot on Caden Prather, uh, the wide receiver for the Mountaineers as they take on Texas tech, who's not known for their defense. So uh, going, trying to get some value out of that. And then and he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's a, uh... Yeah, eight, eight, six, six, six. As far as receptions go, he's he's hauling in a lot of he's getting volume, so that's always nice. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like Daniels yeah. is finding a rhythm with him, where you know Daniels obviously transferring in. So game one and game two, it kind of seemed like I, I couldn't get a feel for who was getting the you know like the that. targets. You know, uh, so uh, I I do think there's something brewing there. And then I, you know Michael Wilson's out indefinitely for Stanford. And I know you touched on the Stanford Arizona State game, but Elijah Higgins is their top receiver, other than Michael Wilson. Uh, and Arizona State, I do, I, I like your call on the Sun Devils to win the game after Stanford had such a huge win in uh, South Bend. But Stanford's offense is not what we think it is. It's not grounded pound anymore, folks. And and they, they like to throw the rock. And I I think Higgins will be the beneficiary of Wilson being out. You might want to take a shot also at uh, Tremaine, but. I went with Higgins. He's only 4,400, uh, four, uh, uh, 4, so uh, Flowers, Prather, Higgins, and then I went with Xavier Worthy because I know you mentioned Ewers earlier. So cheap. Yeah, and and what is the flaw? Like Ewers, it is his first road start, and I said, oh, I'm taking Oklahoma State, but I still think there's a reason he was a five-star recruit. I mean, he's talented, and the, you look at the flaw, if you are Texas – uh, I think the way to dial up your wins is take advantage of the weakness of Oklahoma State, and that is the secondary. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he hit a big day. I'm just hoping that Gundy sends him off with an L, all right? But I do think uh, Ewers worthy. You want to get action on the uh, the Longhorns wideouts uh, against against the, the Cowboys there. Yeah, I like I like Worthy a lot this week as well. Um, he he He's going to find his way into some of my labs uh who who are some of the other receivers that um that you like matt so i have zay flowers i have xavier worthy in my lineup um the other one that i have currently sitting on there i do want a piece of that wake forest offense um at pair is the obvious one he's the one that is is gonna get you known volume um but he's also expensive and because I went with Hartman, it's kind of hard to fit them both in there. Um, so I'm I'm going to take a shot at Donovan Green. He was a guy who, um, coming into last season, was anticipated to be like the the guy. He was he was the guy that was supposed to be leading the team in receiving before he got injured, missed all of last year. The talent is clearly there with him. Um, he's done all right this year. He's kind of hit and miss, but I think this is a game that turns into a shootout. And if it turns into a shootout, I, I just want a piece of that offense and I want someone to stack with Hartman. And I, because this is 
for a GPP format, um, at least I would be trying to take some shots of stack plays where I can have um, some extra bonuses. Um, the other thing I'm doing is I'm getting I'm I'm getting a receiver on the two lane offense. Um, I don't love any of them to be honest. the The passing game is pretty well balanced. I the guy who I uh, like is Deuce Watts. He's pretty inexpensive. He's only five thousand. He's averaging 18.4 yards per reception, and he does have, I think he leads the team in receiving touchdowns if I'm, yep, and he has four receiving touchdowns. I think there's a chance he has a, a big game if um, if I'm right about Pratt in this spot. So I want to get a piece of him in this, or I want to get a, a receiver in this offense, and this is the one that I think would have the highest upside. I like it. One guy that I want to mention in uh is a uh, Ricky white guy. I've talked about a little bit for UNLV and I know UNLV has kind of started struggling lately. I know Brumfield is questionable. Uh, hopefully uh, he is able to come back. Uh, I might pivot off this if not, but Ricky white um, absolutely dynamic uh, wide receiver transfer from Michigan state. Um, he, uh, he started off the year um, just in on fire with that 180 yard game. Uh, definitely has cooled off since, but, um, I, I think he could have a, a, a pretty good game here uh, as uh, UNLV doesn't have very many options. And I'm not all that terrified of uh, Notre Dame's defense at the moment. Um, so that's just another guy uh, to kind of think about. Um, Matt, why don't you give us your uh, your lineup for the week? All right. So I've got Hartman and Pratt as my two quarterbacks in this. I'm going Evans. I did actually late swap out Kiner for Spears because I – I found a way that I could make that work. Uh, Donovan Green, Zay Flowers, Xavier Worthy, Deuce uh, Watts um, are my four wide receivers that I'm rolling out there. I think it's a, this is not a cash lineup. Do not think that my lineup is going to sit there and be a super safety net. Mine is intended for low floor, high ceiling type of play on this one. So, yep, that's where I'm going. Cool. I'll give mine and then we can close out with you, Colby. Uh, Quarterback, I'm going DTR. And Quinn Ewers um, at running back. I've got uh, Spears, Zach Evans, and then um, I'm going to um, Stanford's running back ever since Smith has been out. Um, Casey Filkins has kind of taken over and uh, he's been really, really fantastic. He's even getting it done in the passing game. So kind of to your point, Colby, even if it's not all run game, uh, he'll get some receptions, which we always love. And uh, he's only 5,800. So able to save some money there. Um, at wide receiver, I'm going Ricky White, Xavier Worthy to stack with yours. And then kind of quietly, um, I- I'm kind of seeing a-, a trend here. What we saw with Quentin Johnson, where he just wasn't involved, and all of a sudden they just started uh, force-feeding him targets, and now you see the production follow. I think the same thing is happening over in LSU. So I want some of that Kayshawn Boutte action um, at only 5,300. He's coming off back-to-back games with six receptions. Uh, he had a-, a-, a monster game against Florida last week. Uh, with 115. So he's coming off uh, back-to-back uh, plus 15, 15 plus points. Um, I think he's going to have a big game um, against uh, Ole Miss, which I, I think that game could get pretty pretty fun too. So um, that that is my lineup. Colby, what you got? Uh, I went with uh, Sam Hartman and and uh, Phil Jerkovic, the Boston College Wake Forest quarterbacks. They're playing one another. Then I went with Braylon Allen and Ty J Spears at the running back spot. And then I went with four wideouts. I hope that doesn't burn me here. Uh, cause I, a lot of times I do like going three running backs, but I don't know. I mean, I think it just matters on the matchups, but Zay yeah. flowers, 
and then going with Prater, the wide receiver for uh, the Mountaineers of West Virginia, Xavier Worthy, and then uh, uh, Higgins with Stanford, who will be, I, I'm hoping, the number one target for Tanner McKee as they take on the Sun Devils. That is awesome. I love it. Um, sure to make tons of money with all those. Um, I, I love it. I, I, I just love college DFS. It's so fun, um, especially like when you do end up kind of when you go with like two stacks or you've got two quarterbacks in the same game or something like that. It is uh, just so fun to get dialed into some random game that you might not otherwise be uh, as tuned into. So uh, another fun week for DFS. Um, it'll, it'll be great. Colby, thanks so much for joining us. I know you got to run. You've got um, another podcast to do. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? I know uh, this is a football podcast, but you also do a lot of basketball work. So uh, what all are you working on right now? Yeah, well, I'm part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. So if you if you guys check that out, uh, you know, you'll, you'll see whatever your sport is. But uh, I host the college football experience and the college basketball experience. And we've been handicapping every game for the past, I want to say this will be year six. So we've done every game um uh, over 500 every year yeah there's been some years i know that i feel like the covid year was one where you, <laughs> you really had to sweat out uh that went that that tout you know we're like uh oh we might not because i mean colleges weren't releasing anything you find out like minnesota had like 40 players out but uh but yeah i mean me patty c uh nc nick we we host that show or for college football experience and college basketball experience so uh come check it out and i appreciate you guys having me on the show Good time. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Uh, good stuff. And you also do like uh, preseason. Y'all did like a like every team preview, like absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, y'all are monsters. <laughs> I love yeah, it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we've been doing that for years. We're doing it right now with college basketball. Obviously, we're not. I would love to do the 360, but uh, it's it's tough because it's football season. So like if That's college right. basketball could find a way to start after if it started at christmas maybe i could squeeze that in but we have a, we have we have previews for like the power conferences for for every single team with college basketball experience check it out thanks again guys yeah awesome thank you so much colby uh matt any fighting any final words for the listeners or fighting words too either way it's good i am mac Agbuka. all right we'll talk to you all next week Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.